0: But just just because we probably are live, uh, this I am your host, Alex Kessler, with my co-host, Ben Bateman. We are live, and we are releasing this podcast live this week. It's coming out early It's coming out on a Tuesday. Normally, we record on Tuesday. It comes out Friday. Uh, if you are a Patreon, you do still get the raw feed that has all the bonus content at the beginning. But we are coming to you live today to talk to you about... Good evening, Carson. Uh, the On that banning. There was a big banning announcement. A bunch of cards got unbanned. Not unbanned. A bunch of cards got Banned. And then yep. the one card got un, un, unrestricted or taken off of the the, the bad list. So um, super hyped. Got a last Hey, Fox Ribble. Uh, this is going to be a live stream. So there's going to be more chat interaction than our normal episode. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I am dressed. If you're listening to this audio only, I am dressed as a Dilophosaurus. Um, I got my frills. Uh, I'm dressed as a I'm dressed as a Pseudosaurus. A Pseudosaurus. Uh, for those who don't know, I am doing a thing for every day in the month of October. because. Uh, COVID has ruined Halloween in the classic sense. I'm keeping the spirit of Halloween uh, dead, but alive in the afterlife, undead, uh, by wearing a costume every day. So I wore Indiana Jones in Yosemite Park on Saturday. Then I was Han Solo. I did a a Harrison Ford weekend. uh, And today I'm a Dilophosaurus.
1: We're uh, we're excited to be here talking live Magic the Gathering with you. Um, and yeah, this there was a bunch of stuff that happened this week in Magic. We I didn't I wasn't here last week, so I didn't get to talk with you on the um, the what's it called stream, the one where we talked about The Walking Dead, which I know you had strong opinions on. You shared many opinions on that. But have you been, uh, yeah, you've been missing there's for two a lot weeks because
0: that was like two weeks ago. I don't know if
1: I was missing for two
0: weeks, I think we, but we, I was two definitely... Weeks, two weeks ago, we talked about The Walking Dead. Last week, we actually talked about... Uh, we had Shivambot from the Commander Advisory Group and Tappy Toe Claws, uh, the actual dinosaur of the internet. I'm just I'm just wearing a, a costume. Uh, and uh, we talked about um, Commander Sealed League, which we actually might talk a little bit about today. But uh, Commander Sealed League... Uh, or boxing league a commander boxing league which is basically every person who's in the league opens a box kind of builds a sealed deck straight up from that we we actually n- talked about it last week and then we played my first game in the league and I think Ben's first game in the league uh last night on the live stream which is on the YouTube channel right now you can check that out um it's called mmcast gameplay sealed commander boxing don't don't go watch it now watch it later uh, <laughs> but uh so it was really fun and and, and it's always great uh having Shivam on. it was actually uh uh, Tappy has been on uh, a few of our live streams, but has never actually been on a official episode of the podcast. So that was her inaugural podcast run, which we were really, really excited about Um Partially because it's one of the cool things that we get to do now that we're, we're, we're no longer just the Masters of Modern.
1: We're now the MM cast podcast. Yeah, so. we've expanded. We can talk about other forms. You've gotten me. I, I was talking to Jimmy Wong earlier today um, because I have an interview with him that's going to be posting on my Nerds and Suits YouTube channel that I do, as you know, called A Great Conversation. It's just an hour-long interview with Jimmy about all things in life. But we, one of the things we did talk about was Commander. And I was like, Alex has gotten me playing Commander every week. Now, it's, it's a thing that's been happening for months. And I've played. I've built multiple decks and I've played multiple games. And He was he was he was like, wow. How are you liking it? And I was like, "You know what? It's terrible." No, I'm kidding. I was like, "You know what? It's pretty great. It's pretty great." Um so that was fun. Um and yeah, we talk about all kinds of stuff on on uh on Mondays and and last night was fun. It was too long. I will say that. Last night's game was insane. It was 4 hours. That was a beating. I tried killing people much earlier on and
0: and and Michael did as well. You kept stopping Michael and then I was able to uh maybe do something, but you got to check it out to find out. It it is long. So so something that we found in the boxing league is that the first like week, especially has just these much longer games because just the power level of different decks is just much lower than people would like. So it was one of the longest, I think, live streams we've done uh, for commander. We've done some pretty long ones and it was like one single game. So previously, normally we can like hit that four hour mark, like playing a quick one hour game. And they're like, oh, that was quick. We can do another one of the next ones like a three hour game. This one was just one four hour game so so check so that out we're going
1: to be <laughs> talking about a bunch of stuff um tonight we are going to be talking about all of the bannings we are gonna be doing a little bit of a deck tech into our particular decks that we do um you know in this in this boxing league as you mentioned a big uh, pinkies out to the nobles of house modern big time thank you to all you guys and the support that you offer us on patreon that's patreon.com slash the cast you guys are saints um we very much appreciate all the support that we get from you as we you know do the content that we do but i think let's let's talk about these bannings alex i think there there were suspensions there were there were final bannings there were unsuspensions um it's interesting that the format right now the eternal format that is getting the most play and discussion is historic um you know modern because there's not a lot of modern being played outside of you know basically people playing it on magic online um paper eternal formats are a little harder to execute right now so there's a lot of historic being played and it's a really fun format um, it's a format that's quickly evolving, and I have to be honest with you, feels pretty powerful already. It feels there's a lot of really powerful cards that have been printed into historic already, and the format feels like it's I wouldn't say powered, but not that far from it. It's interesting,
0: it's gonna be interesting just like for the rest of time or until one of them goes away, just like the difference between historic and pioneer and how they keep going. Like obviously, COVID has put such a big focus on historic. It being available in Arena is, is definitely a huge strength, and 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 it's a really cool format. It's really fun. I do want to actually you, – you mentioned there were bannings. I do want to list what those bannings are for people that have not heard or uh, people that are listening to this far in the future. I want to be like, oh, when – which banning announcement was that in 2020? Um, so this is the uh, First, yeah. October 12th ban announcement. In Standard, Omnath, Locus of Creation, Lucky Clover, and Escape of the Wilds were banned. Uh, in Historic, Omnath was suspended. Teferi, Time Raveler, and Wilderness Reclamation are now officially banned. uh, And Burning Tree Emissary is now uh, unsuspended. So it was suspended. We'll get into what that means in a second. Uh, And then in Brawl... Excuse me. In Brawl, Omnath, Locus of Creation was also banned. Um, Yeah, I think obviously the big one is they just nuked Omnath. Uh, The big face of the set for Zendikar Rising on the box. um, Huge, high-profile mythic. They realized that it was uh, problematic, and they uh, got rid of them. Thank you for the costume compliments. <laughs> um, uh, so, so we have that was something that a lot of people thought wasn't going to be possible. Uh, there was a lot of people kind of debating how many cards do you need to ban to make it so Omnath isn't as good as it is. Uh, I, I do believe, hopefully, that at this point, Wizards is learning that um, free four drops are a bad idea um we've now had between wilderness not wilderness reclamation yeah wilderness reclamation wilderness reclamation uh what's the red enchantment that makes everything free
1: you get to play two free things a turn
0: Uh, fires of invention fires of invention omnath winoda to some extent um just like all these things that are like oh here's a four drop and it's free uh even nissa to to a certain extent is a five drop um And, uh, yeah, I think, I think they like decided just to nuke it. They're like, you know what? This is a problem. Uh, it, we've now sold all the pre-release of boxes due to COVID. We're not living in an environment where people are going to buy, directly buy more packs to try and get it on Nath. What they are going to try and do in paper is like draft maybe which like Omnath doesn't affect or like buy cards for commander or modern or Eternal format so so for paper magic it doesn't really affect anything and then on arena they're just it's no longer in packs right they banned it and it just probably won't show up or if it shows up in limited it's just it's like a, a, a getting a bad rare right like there, there are tons of cards that you can get uh that are just like worth nothing so
1: um yeah, I think I think the reason so so I think there's a couple things to examine here. Let's just take the card omnath really quickly and, and break down kind of what makes it so good. So so the card omnath locus of creation is red, green, white, blue. He is a legendary creature elemental four-four. When Omnath Locus of Creation enters the battlefield, draw a card. So right off the bat, you got a four-mana four-four that draws a card. We're gonna get to in a second power level concerns, just what that means compared to old four mana cards. Landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain 4 life. If this is the first time this ability has resolved this turn, if it's the second time, add his mana cost. If it's the third time, Omnath deals 4 damage to each opponent and each Planeswalker you don't control. So, what this card means is, you play a 4 mana 4-4 four, four that draws a card. Just straight off the bat, right? That's how the card starts. That's That's the beginning base level, what you're getting out of the card. After that, there are so many different effects that allow you to sacrifice a land to put a land into play. There are so many fetch land effects. Uh, there are additional land effects that run rampant right now. I mean, Growth Spiral, you have both of Explore and Growth Spiral. In Historic, you have the card Uro, which in itself is a problem anyway. Um, so lots and lots and lots of things that are just like, put extra lands into play and draw cards. But this one, this card is such an overwhelming advantage because it's just a four mana four four already which by its own rate in the old days of magic a green four mana four four was already a pretty good rate like magic was designed at one time where that was pretty pushed four mana five fives became like thing you were getting so the fact that you're getting a four mana four four that just by playing lands the single most ubiquitous thing that decks in magic do the thing completely takes over the game it's good enough on its own to be a problem but then combined with any of the other things we're talking about like basically just cards that allow you to draw cards and play additional lands are issues and there are so many of them now this card is just right at the heart of it you don't need this card for those things to be good anyway this card is just like tailor-made it means it's a three drop and and it's a as a four drop you have the ability to play fabled passage and get two triggers out of it that very turn um it's just it's obvious why it's so good, but it's it's almost like it's so obvious. How did this even happen? Like I, I look at the card and I'm just like, what?
0: So so part of me, I have like my own theory on how I'm going to move Omnath out of the way now that everyone knows what he looks like. I'm gonna just let him peek out from the bottom here. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my personal theory on Omnath is that um, that maybe early in design he was a different card. That Omnath was Phylath. Or, uh, and then someone on the team was like, when it got farther down the line was like, oh, wait, there is a meme here. We can't have Omnat, this card that has been adding a color every set. Uh, thanks for the follow, everybody's, uh, at, at getting a card every set um adding a color not go to four colors right so then like that got changed to a new card they made it four colors okay how do we do four colors we don't have as much time as a normal card um all right so let's just like have him do a thing when he enters and then every other color can go down the line with landfall and the more lands you play the the more you get you get one additional effect and then it goes down the four colors that he is and then it just didn't get the same amount of testing that other cards did i also think there is a little bit of a push to just like make cards powerful right like that's obviously yeah. been going on yeah, and i yeah. think it feel i'm yeah. hoping zendikar was like because like based on timelines right it, it wizards is working on a on a two-year ahead basis if not a year ahead basis and uh like they really started noticing oh crap power level concerns are a real thing we need to be worrying about uh in december last year uh like when oko really became such a problem with once upon a time with uh summer or veil of summer plus the war of the spark Planeswalkers, and that's when they started kind of maybe reevaluating and most of rise of zendikar was probably completed at that point and and i think i think also just like four colors has never been good before Right. Like, like four color, like it, it's almost a five color card and five color cards have rarely been powerful in, yeah. in constructed format. So going down one color, like none of the, the, the Nephilids ever saw play. Um, oh, okay. We have confirmation. Eric Lar made it was a Shia. A Shia was Omnath, which is the, the, the green elemental. And then, uh, they were like, no, 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 you need to, you need to make it into, omnat um, needs to be four colors so thank you carson gotcha. for confirming that that is what happened yay my theory was correct <laughs> uh, and then the yeah so 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 like where was i at oh yeah i think they just didn't think four colors were going to be good like i think they thought oh that's too hard to do um little did you know obviously like they i don't think I think they underestimated the power of Oka or Uro. I think they underestimated the power of these things. I think they thought Lotus Cobra wasn't that good in standard last time, right? Like Lotus Cobra was maybe an okay card and saw some play, but it was not what people thought it was going to be. Like people thought it was going to be the next coming of the best card in the format. And then like Valakut and Jason and Stoneforge Mystic ended up being that and Lotus Cobra just kind of was sad.
1: Um, and... I think it's largely because the things in 2011 that you were doing, 2012 that you were doing with your mana, were just a lot less, like, beefy. (laughs) Like, they just weren't as, like, insane, just like uh, the rate, you know what I mean? It's that inevitability thing we talk about all the time. We've talked about it many, many times now. The design of cards are such that if you can resolve them, let alone two of them, your opponent won't win unless they have similarly weighted haymakers. But many of the other styles in Magic, which if it's just, like, Drago Control or Tempo can't really handle you resolving giant threats and then untapping with them they just don't do very well with it like the you get so much advantage out of this one card that if they like one the shields come down for one second it's just kind of game over unless they have a you know unless they can play their own giant threat so it sort of means the only thing you can be doing is just playing those cards
0: right and and this has kind of been a complaint i've had and i had this with a lot of the um the 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 brawl pre-cons last year as well like drawing a card is too much of a benefit and too lazy of a benefit for anything is is kind of where I'm I'm almost at, right? Like, Omnath drawing you a card. There's other thing it could have done that's blue, right? It could have, like bounced a thing I and mean, bouncing things that was terrible but like <laughs> i mean not it terrible have, but like it could have, too bad stride, for it could have game.
1: Three. correct. describe 3 correct
0: exactly and 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 or like it could have explored right it could have had the explore text of like reveal the top card if it's a land you draw yeah. it um which like kind of plays with what he's trying to do like there's different things it could have done I, I mean hell it could have like done like it could have bubbled something right just like that thing gets minus 3 minus 0 until your next like there's so many things it could have done um or, yeah, Carson's saying make draw a card the last thing and maybe do like when it enters play, do two damage to each opponent when it enters play. I got, a, I got a
1: fun idea with this card. Okay. What if the text had read? What if the text had read? Oh, okay, go should have been uh, mono way. I
0: agree. I like that idea. <laughs> Keep going.
1: When Omnath enters the battlefield, you may return two lands you control to their owner's hand if you do draw a card. Uh, so it's cool because mm-hmm. the landfall ability, you get your lands back. So, like, you, you get to trigger. But if this thing comes down, you're super far behind on tempo if it just gets killed like it it means you can get your card but you have lands back in hand and now you're slowed way back down you think it's still too good you think that's like just awesome because replaying lands is so good it, it
0: it remember it just has to be a specific color ability right so like what is that a white that's like so unknown on which color i feel like that belongs to because that effect is blue seen green in white blue feels, feels blue green and green but like white returns permanence to your hand when something enters right it like lets you blink and save things it's fair yeah especially as a cost that's like a very white thing um Carson likes bouncing two lands to your hand. I don't like. I think that's cool, right? Like I would, I would love that card. It would be really fun to to play with. Um, I also don't hate like uh, uh, just like, um, loaming when he enters play.
1: Yeah, I, lane think, lane I think with the graveyard. returning two lands to draw, actually, now that I think about it, is this is one of those things where, yeah, on curve, it sounds like a drawback enough that it might slow you down, but if you ever drew this card at the point in the game when you have nine lands on the battlefield, and you just play it, and you return two lands and draw a card, and now you just have lands to play to trigger landfall a mm-hmm. million times, like, that seems still way, in fact, almost better in some ways to have that much gas that's
0: why i would like shuffle what each of the colors because i actually think a bigger problem is the mana production right like drawing a card is really good and like it 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 inherently is problematic that it's the opening ability but like if it was its fourth ability was draw a card and then when it entered it it had a different greedy ability than making mana maybe like returning lance for your graveyard to your hand or um like i guess it could like like you it can't put a land into play because then it just triggers the landfall, which like becomes maybe problematic. Uh, the turn it enters play, right. but yeah, I think I think there's cool things you could do. Um, and blue does let you bounce lands to your hand so yeah I, I think I think there's a bunch of different stuff that, like these are all like Celebi right like the, the world could have been different and Omnath did something different um, I am super still I'm still super excited for five color Omnath I hope this doesn't hurt our chances of getting uh, Omnath adding black to his color pie and, 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 and then my personal hope is that like the next time we go to Zendikar there's like hints that there are Eldrazi things happening right like we go back and forth and there's maybe a little bit more of that effect and then we get like six mana Omnath that has uh the old the colorless symbol the, the like
1: we're gonna wing ding yeah what, wing about, ding. what about um if you were to add black to omnath could that be him being taken over by like innistrad evil kind of a thing like the whole like so, Would so that, I, could you represent that and then and then uh, could that be a thing or am i just now spitballing I,
0: I haven't i haven't finished the story yet for zendikar but i know that like obviously the plot is about nahiri trying to destroy the royal and Omnath is like the representation of the royal and i feel like him adding black is like a final balance of the color pie right like he's okay. he's now accepted like he defeats nahiri and takes in all bad and all good of the plane and becomes this like balanced creature um so yeah, I I I I I think it I think it becomes more of a balancing thing. I think it's more about finding uh, unity among the color pie, not becoming corrupted. I think if he gets Emrakul, Wingding magic, maybe that's corruption, right? That's like the sixth yeah. set that like Emrakul comes cool. back after escaping the moon. But I, I think I think when it gets black, I think it becomes like yeah,
1: true chaotic neutral. Uh, Carson brings up I think is more more likely. Um, let me ask you a question. So as a four drop let's just say so this this card gets you all kinds of cool advantage you're playing four colors what if you compare this to solemn simulacrum as a four drop where it costs you no colors you can play it in any deck comes down gets you a land and when it dies draws you a card so mm-hmm. it's like it has elements has very like sort of reminiscent elements of what Omnath is doing it just doesn't have any of the inevitability sure do you think the balance of zero colors versus four colors there is correct or do you think like that one you know what i'm saying or do you think the scale up what you get for adding four colors is still just way off the charts because I I, th- I feel like solemn is like a fair idea of what that card's doing. Sort of. I think it's it's interesting, right? So like
0: that those cards are so similar. I mean, solemn's been good always, right? It's still a commander staple, yeah, um, uh, and and its ability to do that is something that like like Omnath is close to. I think part of it is that Omneth is is going to be like, I don't think Wizards and and, and I said this earlier in Con Schnapp bring it again. I don't think Wizards thought four colors is playable. So they just pushed it, right? Like I think that's part of the issue. And drawing a card and ramping without dying, right? Like if, if Solem drew a card and then like something, something, something put you know, find the land and put it into play, or find a land and put and then draw, draws just draws a card, like it's way better than it is now, right? And it's still really good. So Omneth is like the draw card happens plus you get mana plus you gain four life
1: plus you, like there's also something cool about the idea that solemn is 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 an artifact so it's not alive and that like omnath is so alive it has four colors so it's so much more vibrant what it's able to do it does so much more there's like sort of a cool comparison there um but anyway you know all that being said we that this this card needed to be needed to be banned uh, It's it's so it's been banned uh in multiple formats it's better for historic that it's gone um. For now, anyway, it's suspended in historic, right? Or it's just banned straight up.
0: Uh, it is. Uh, let me bring up the announcement. Sorry, I left. I believe it is.
1: Ban- it's for sure. It's, banned it's, it's standard. Suspended. It's
0: suspended in historic.
1: Yeah. So it'll it'll stay it'll it'll stay suspended and then banned eventually. I don't think there's any way they bring it out. Um. It's really, really good. So the other the other things that are interesting that happened uh, in Standard, you have Lucky Clover, which is an adventure double-trigger card, and you have Escape to the Wilds, I think it's called, or Escape of the Wilds. The five-drop, five, five green-red three, uh, exile the top five cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play these cards. And uh, you can play an additional land this turn, I believe, is what it is. And it's just a big, like, Haymaker card draw card in Gruel, which is cool. Um, it's more just about the fact, I think, that this card just gives you lots and lots and lots of gas with any of the things that are allowing you to accelerate ahead. And uh, ultimately, oh, go ahead. So, so actually, it, the the
0: it's a little bit of that. It, what it really is, is it's just it's too good with Lotus Cobra. Uh, gotcha, you and, can and ramp sc- into and, it on and, turn three. And scoot not scootma but the new scoot scoot something uh like scoot, basically, swarm. scoot yeah. swarm basically like this card is too powerful with every single landfall card basically just it's it's it, it was too good with those landfall cards and i think they a were afraid of like how do we get how many landfall cards would we have to ban to make this card fine uh b like they already banned one card from their most recent set. They want Landfall to be good. They want Lotus Cobra to be a cool card. So banning this like random rare from a year ago that didn't see play for literally a year didn't like it, it's the same reason they kind of like banned. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Se- Seething, Seething Song. Song? Seething Song. The, the reason they banned Seething Song versus Grape Shot, right? Like, like this is the card that pushes this other card that creates a unique archetype too far. Uh, and I think that's what this was about was just like. We don't want to miss. We don't want to ban Omnath, and then two weeks from now have to ban Lotus Cobra or more cards because we just miss yeah. outright. And so let's get rid of it.
1: What do you think of people's people's and 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 then uh, Lucky Clover is pretty self-explanatory. It's it's just like very very good in its art in, in its particular archetype, and it just means it's the card you, if you want to kill that archetype or severely severely hamper it. You have to you have to get rid of it. Like yeah, it's it's a pretty. One of one card within the format. There's nothing else that like slots in to replace it. Yeah, in, in in the article they
0: basically said like, uh, uh, Tavern Keeper does like will keep the deck alive. Like I think I think Adventures doesn't necessarily go away, um, because they have that card. But that but like Loki Clover was very difficult to interact with, and if they had not gotten rid of it, it was already primed to just be the best deck in the format. It was already doing well playing with and without while Omnath. So getting rid of Omnath would just make this deck the best deck in the format by a wide margin, and. I think they're just trying to nip in the bud with a card type that's hard to deal with, right? It's an artifact, so there's not a lot of removal that you can use to kind of stop it. Or you have to be playing very specific types of removal. So they're just like, you know what? We're done. Let's get let's get this stuff out of the way.
1: Alex, you talked about we're gonna move past standards. So, you know, there there were some interesting bannings there. Let's talk a little bit of historic. It's in a format that, you know, obviously we Uh, are excited about right now i've been playing a ton of it uh my i you know i played a blue green merfolk deck for a while i played a jeskai super friends list with gideon impact of negation that i did pretty well with and then now i'm back to playing blue black rogues which is i think a mythic level deck um i will get to mythic this season with it um i was three games away from it last season this time i'm actually gonna you know knuckle down and make sure i get there um and it's a super fun format it's a really healthy really great format and so there were a few changes made there they have this thing they do um in historic that it, we talked about it it's called suspending and it's kind of like a temporary watch list band um you keep a card on there for a little while and then you can make the decision if you want to keep it off or if you want to and so uh omnath has been put on the suspended list uh burning tree emissary was on the suspended list for quite a while it has now come off which is interesting um that is now legal it's a, obviously that card's a favorite of mine it's when i used to play in superior burning cocoa and modern a lot um it's a very aggressive card does some really really cool stuff we don't have aether vial of course in the format so i'm not able to do or or mere superior for that matter but
0: uh hashtag and if everyone who's watching now and or in the future can go on twitter and tag wizards of the coast uh hashtag uh print mere
1: historic historic <laughs> it's just like what an easy what an easy historic anthology card to print i mean come on yeah, no seriously. one
0: no it would hurt no one it would just be like a free card that would make ben very happy
1: if 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 in the next if in the next historic anthology they put both Aethervile vile and super and and mere Superior into historic i'm going to know they were listening i'm going to know they were listening <laughs> to me because collective <laughs> company is already in there and and that would mean like just with that and scavenging ooze, I could do it. I could do enough of what I need. I could totally make it happen. Um, so anyway, and I think Packrat. We already have Packrat in historic, don't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was I like so. that was part of the whole. That was part of the whole game plan. I think so. Anyway, so it's a great format. It's one we've been having a lot of fun with. Um, have you been
0: playing much historic? I have not. I, I haven't played historic since Zendikar came out. Uh, mostly because I've been playing a lot of the sealed league, and then I was in, in Yosemite, and just life has been busy. Um, Playing a lot of Among Us, which is, I guess, it's pretty suspect that I haven't played too much. I, I am super excited for Burning Tree Ambassador. Like, when it, when it was suspended, it was in an era when, like, Gruul was just the best deck. And it was, like, doing really, really well. And then with, you know, Jumpstart plus uh, Amonkhet Anthology or Amonkhet uh, uh, Remastered plus uh, M21 plus Zendikar. Like, that's four sets worth of cards. And some of them are extremely powerful. Uh I think it's I think it's fine. Like, I don't I don't think this is better than what goblins is doing. Um, and that's good. The other things like, uh, you know, they like finally like, you know what? No one wants to play against the fire time traveler ever again. And I'm like, yes, you're correct. As a as a person who loves blue white control, who who just wants to play Sphinx's Revelations and five minute to fairies and Stoneforge Mystics and Jace mind sculptors, I am g- glad that people don't have to play against the fire time traveler. Uh, and uh, wilderness reclamation also banned. Also, a card that I think we can all agree was probably a mistake. It shouldn't have been
1: printed. Don't yeah. I mean, print it's free for totally in the same vein. It's another four drop that basically replaces itself in the sense. I mean, this one's not in cards, but it replaces itself in mana right away. And again, there's just so many things that are expensive that gain you card advantage that that just that takes over the game in itself. So yeah, time you know, very Time Traveller and and Wilderness Wreck. Wilderness Wreck is the one that. That like to me feels pretty obvious, but there isn't a good enough reason to keep that in the format to mm-hmm. Teferi is like a really unfun card. So it's probably best that it's gone, but it's just it's the kind of unfun card that's fragile enough that like there are plenty of ways to handle it. But I guess that the fact that it costs three is the issue, like five mana teferi is really powerful, but it's not that powerful because like it costs five so there's plenty of they have to like really be kind of like their deck has to be working for that card to beat you their deck hasn't, doesn't really have to be doing that much for three minutes of fairy to beat you it just have they just have to be able to untap with it and then I there's know. like
0: yeah i mean in some ways it's 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 almost like drawing a card on just a random thing is probably not a good idea right? Like, Teferi just comes into play, draws a card, and you have this threat that's impossible to deal with. Omnath comes into play and draws a card. Wilderness Reclamation doesn't draw a card, but it's an extremely difficult thing to remove, and it doubles your mana the turn it comes into play. Like, these are things that are, like, his- historically, pun intended, uh, <laughs> you would have problems. Like, like obviously we're would be, would be problems. I think they were just trying to do cool stuff, and big mana was the direction they were going in. A lot of people have talked towards that, like, printing for Commander has been one of the problems. Just, like, they're designing cards for commander now versus commander taking advantage of the cards designed for standard. And I think that that has been um, maybe an issue, right? Uh, it, it's hard to tell. Someone wrote a really good article, and I'm, I'm blanking on who it was, on how like the resources on what formats Wizards players are designing need to be a little bit more separated. Like the people building standard sets shouldn't be commander players or focused on commander. And and allowing different teams to focus on different stuff, but it's really hard. So I, yeah, I don't know. It varies to me seems the same as the other cards. is is like a another. This enters play, draws you a card immediately while gaining. It kind of, in some ways, it draws you two cards. Right, it draws you an unsummon and then draws you a card, and then uh, makes it so your opponent can interact on the main access most things interact.
1: Right, right. I mean, and yeah, I think that it costing three as we've said many times is sort of the problem because like a if you're on the play there are some situations where you're going to get this down on turn two but even if you just do get it on on the play in a lot of these formats it's not modern here right like the the the, the removal and then like the ways to answer are kind of efficient you know you can burn it out once you minus the card but like even uh what's it called even blood chiefs vengeance or whatever the one black spell it costs four with kicker to to, re, to like remove a planeswalker. That costs more than two. Like if you you're not gonna be able to deal with to Teferi that fast. Right. It's gonna take you a second. Right. So there's it's it's just yeah, it, it is right on the edge. I, I like ferry and I and I wonder if someday the format becomes powerful enough they can unban it. But as it stands now, it's probably better that it's gone. I want it out of modern.
0: modern. <laughs> like so, like from that perspective, I don't think historic will ever be more powerful than modern is. I like I, I just don't think that world exists and I think Teferi has been not overpowered. Like the problem with Teferi isn't power level necessarily, right? Like a uh, uh, Judge Sam who works at Cast was talking about this the other day, right? Like like from a power level perspective, he's relatively fine. The problem with Teferi is he negates strategies. If he's good in a format, he makes it so some strategies no longer can function. So he like he he single-handedly undiversifies the format. And then on top of that is just a miserable play experience. And so from that perspective, why have it around? I like, I mean, I've 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 always argued, which is like why we have, I think, two different episodes where we talked about Blood Moon needs to be banned. I like or- always argued that there's like fun actually should be a consideration for ban announcements and format diversity and how you're like, that's why format diversity is important. That is a fun conceit. Like that is a key seat towards fun. And I think cards like Teferi just are like fun sucks. And yeah. why have them if all they're going to do is make people not want to play magic? Uh, and then kind of the same with with Blood Moon, right? Like Blood Moon makes it so you have to play Fetch Lens and Modern, otherwise your Fetch mana base, like otherwise Blood Moon will just get you. Uh and two isn't that good, but when it's good, it's just like, oh, I lose because you played a three drop enchantment that like fine and like so uh, obviously i don't think it needs to be banned from the perspective of power level i don't think it's doing anything wrong with the format and it is a police person against things doing things badly but uh that card sucks (laughs) as does what is less what is less fun
1: (laughs) what is less fun for you to play against oro or teferi time raveler teferi okay just clear clear answer for you
0: yeah uh i i think I think Uro is more fun in older formats. I think Uro is way too powerful for standard and, and, and arguably maybe historic, but like, I think when you get to modern, I think it's fine. I think it's cool in modern. Like it's like a better lingering souls. I like that. It does stuff there. Um, no, don't play yeah. both together. I also think, yeah, I don't know. That's that's where I'm at on those uh, things. We did get a question from CDH Brazil uh, who uh, we're going to be jumping onto their stream on Friday, so that'll be cool for some CDH content. Uh, cool. What is your favorite historic deck right now? They asked me specifically because I think
1: they know what your answer is going to be, uh, but if you want to go yes. first,
0: since we all know your answer.
1: Uh, yeah, I've just, I've been playing this blue black rogues deck for a while now. Um, I will give, I can give like the 30 second rundown of like what it is in case like I've just talked about it and haven't actually explained what it is. But basically, it's it's similar to the Blue-Black Rogues deck you see people playing so much now. I've been playing it for a few months, so I've gotten a lot of reps. Um, I don't play the new 1-mana one 1-1 one, one that you can sack to draw a card if they have 8 cards in their graveyard. I play Fairy Miscreant. Um I do play Uno's Blackguard. I play several copies of Curious Obsession. And then I play Fairy Vandal, and I play, obviously, the new 1-3 for 2. Some Lofty Denials. Um, and kind of the, the best plays in the deck are, like, kind of getting down getting down a blackguard and then having the ability to like play your fairy miscreant it comes down as a two 2 you know maybe draws you a card there are just some situations where you like mind twist your opponent um because of the nature of getting multiple rogues down you're playing brazen borrowers and i am now playing two of the x3 uh the new flying death such a lifelink rogue which i don't like because he costs three but he's a little too powerful not to play so you play two of him but um it's really good the new blue black land the flip land is like really good. It made the deck even better than it was. You're playing like Drown in the Lock. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a very, very powerful strategy. It's super low to the ground. You almost never have to mulligan. You can keep one and two landers really easily. Um, and it's just super tempo-y and, and just does lots of damage really fast. So that's, that's the deck I've been playing. Uh,
0: I think I think my favorite historic deck, uh, and and I, I actually haven't gotten to play it too much since Zenica, but there's a bunch of new cards for it too, which is really exciting, is the, uh, the Luros Companion Red Black, uh, claim to Fame Sacrifice decks uh, that are playing like uh, uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist and Stitcher Supplier and Croxa and Young Pyromancer uh, and all those cards. Um, I think those are really cool. I also have a really sweet dredge list um, that's like taking advantage of the three one that when you, you gain three life, it comes into play from your graveyard and Stitcher Supplier and um, the uh, 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 what's the what's the three damage? If you mill it, the drain three. Yes, crippling show. Creeping Shell. Creeping show, which then triggers the three ones that bring them into play, and it's playing Uro, so it gets to kind of do this cool loop thing. Um, I was playing that before Zendikar Rising, so that was really fun, and then and then I've been playing the the Sacrifice deck basically since last year, so I love that. And then Arclight Phoenix probably as well. I like the Graveyard and getting things from the Graveyard and putting yep. them into play.
1: Tough, tough situation for you these days with Uro being so popular. There's like a lot of decks that are main decking, uh, that are just straight up main decking, what's it called? Uh, Gra- grafter cage i see like a lot of it these yeah, days it's fine i mean like i it, don't care Like about. some of the cards i'm talking
0: like this deck is fine against that yes it's obviously really good but i'm also they're also like playing a one mana do nothing but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously it's really good and, and main deckable because of uro but you live yeah. you learn. what's cool is like you just get a lot of cool stuff now like the zendikar stuff got you um Agadium awakening and and just like some of the cool like removal spells and then yeah, you just got to you got to play a Braids. That's that's all you need. Main deck of braids. Card's good. Yeah,
1: I play I play um one copy of the Jawari Ruins or whatever the tapped blue land that is a four spike for two mana. Um, I found that card to be really good, so that's like my tech that I added in the land front. Sweet. But um, anyway, guys, so that's I think that's gonna wrap up most of what we have to say about the bannings. Unless Alex, you had anything else that you wanted to jump in? Oh, I, do wanna, I wanted to spend wanna, a few minutes. Oh, sorry, really quickly, I wanted to talk about Omnath
0: and Brawl. So Omnath was banned in Brawl. We talked about him in other okay. formats, but uh, the one the one thing here is like. It was too much of the metagame. Like, like, I think actually Brawl is not equipped to handle many commanders that are more than three colors. Uh I like we did a whole pot uh, hot take video on how I don't think four color commanders are a good idea. And honestly, I don't really think easy to cast five mana commanders are a good idea. Um so like Najila or Tazri. Um, but uh or Golo specifically. But like I didn't like Brawl when um visit five-color visit was the best deck. Like, every time you played against it, I would just scoop. Like, it was kind of miserable to play against. Omnath was similar. Um, and Golos wasn't that much better. Like, I, I think I think just, like, Brawl is such a small card. For, it's, it's actually kind of interesting comparing it to Brawl to the Sealed Box League we're doing, right? Where, like, uh, uh, Carson and Kyle, I think, are keeping track of, like, who, which decks have won. And no two-color deck has won. In the in the uh, in the league game so far, up to this point, just only three colors or more. And I think the more colors you have, the more likely it is you have won your pods. Uh, and just like having every card you could ever want available just makes those decks too powerful for that format, which makes it miserable in one v one, especially. There's no like checks and balances. So good. So so let's let's get questions from the chat. Uh, would a soul ring deck be better than Omnath deck in Brawl. Uh it's the issue is that every single deck would have to play Sol Ring. So all of the decks would be Sol Ring decks, which means that yes, and this is from Nolan Beck, it would be better than the Omnath deck because the Omnath deck would be playing it, but Omnath is banned. So you would get dq if you're playing Omnath.
1: You also like so so basically like um this is this kind of brings us back to the conversation we were having a second ago about the power of Omnath and what it's doing in the various formats and every format has sort of like a linchpin turn like the turn where the you know your your deck sort of reaches critical mass to win the game um modern used to be called a turn four format i think it's realistically probably closer to a turn three format these days but um you know i would say that standard historically is more like a turn five turn six format probably like turn six classically they don't want it to be too fast um so whatever that whatever that turn is where your deck is sort of supposed to reach critical mass (laughs) a soul ring in a brawl deck makes that format into a turn 1 format whoever draws their soul ring which is not that you win on turn 1 but if you draw your soul ring and they don't draw their soul ring you will very likely win the game it's almost impossible to think that you in a in a format where the power level is standard would ever be able to come back from that i think the reason soul ring works so well in commander is that it's multiplayer so it's mitigated by the fact that no single advantage can be that great and also the fact that the power level of the cards is so high that if you draw your soul ring and no one else does it's okay. Like there are three people to keep you in check. If three people draw a soul ring, but the fourth person doesn't, again, that person can catch up because the power level of the cards they can draw is so high. They they're able to catch up. They they can play a dockside extortionist and they can just get that far ahead on their own. So I think a card like Sol Ring, the reason that it has such a hard time existing in a format like 1v1 Brawl or Standard is because the power level is just not nearly high enough and it really does change it from being the format that it is into something else. I,
0: I've talked about Sol Ring needing to be banned in Commander before, right? Like, I, I think it won't be. I think it has the same issue that Brainstorm has in Legacy and Fetchlands have in Modern where they're like the feature of that format and it's so ubiquitous. I mean, I've like a, a, at this point, I've transitioned that to arguing that Mana Vault or mana crypt, mana crypt needs to be banned. Um, just because it, it like is very expensive, it's free because it's very expensive. Not everyone has it as an advantage. It's like damage does cost you something, but also is like kind of breaking the rules of what that car was balanced against, since that was balanced for 20 life and you have 40 life. Um, but I also don't think that's going to be. I don't think either of those are banned. No, that's that's never going to happen. But I think like Soul Ring just like makes games swingier in a way. And when since Brawl is primarily a one v one format, I think it's just like way too much an advantage. I don't think you can beat Soul Ring in one v one if that happens earlier. And it is a card that you, every deck has to play, right? Like you 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 kind right. of don't want that. That is the 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 goal in Magic. I think is for decks to not have that be a thing that's happening. Uh, and Soul Rings and Brainstorms are just so powerful that those formats require that to be a thing. And I think it would
1: be worse. Um, yeah, I think conversely, like when you when you go back to that same conversation of like a turn whatever format, you know, like what, what do things exist as? I think when you look at the power level of something like Omnath, um, it's the idea that if that card was to come down on the linchpin turn of the game, like if, you know, let's just say for instance, in, in Historic, if you were going to play that card, if Historic, you want that to be like, let's say, a turn 5 format, the power level of what you're doing on that turn 5 is so ridiculous, uh, if you come out correctly and execute, that the power level of what somebody else is doing on that, same, that very same turn, they kind of have to match it. A burn deck on turn 5 won't match what you're doing. Like there, There's very few things you can be doing that have so much built-in power. Um, the yeah. problem with putting so many things, so many bells and whistles onto a single card
0: yeah. And I think, I think one thing is to also consider. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's just, it's just problem. So, so next, next question is you guys made some comments. This is from Falcon uh, one twenty. Uh You guys made some comments on, I'm not getting pushed to be better as a four color card and standard, but I figured it was just a designed for commander that standard was able to abuse. Uh, I, 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 I do think it was designed for commander. I think that was something they had in mind, right? Uh, obviously it's a legendary creature. That's four colors. I, I, also think that it's pushed i think they felt like they were able to push it the way that they did because of its four color status and standard i think if it was three color like they've done three color on math right that card's fine it's elemental tribal it does something cool i think they just like pushed it a little bit past the line
1: it feels like a card that would just have been printed as like one of the Breas or the Atraxas, right doesn't it just feel like that's what that card is correct yeah it- would have been dope. Like super, super fun. We would have we would have seen it and all been so happy about coming up like Highlander Roulette. We're like, oh, this card is dope. This card's like one of the sweetest cards in the set. I can't wait to play with this card. Which is kind of what it felt like, except it's just it's like this isn't standard. So what was what,
0: what it yeah, because it, it's competing with the the group hug deck, right? The the two seven or whatever that like lets every player draw a card and put a card into play. So like it also of the five four color commanders that were printed, it was the one that was like the most not necessarily pigeonholed but the less like generically good or the least aggressive and so it coming out with a separate op- 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 optional game plan that's a little bit more classically what you want to do in commander was probably a better choice um, next next question is uh, this is from Oscarb 138 Ben any sweet spicy additions for historic rogues decks I've been playing a fair amount of it
1: um, like I said the stuff that I've been doing that I have been happy with is the death touch flying life link guy, the X three, but two of him. Now I have been playing two copies of cling to dust in the main deck for quite a while. Now um, I took them out at one point and was like, not the most stoked on them, but the, there's a couple things that it does. Number one, you mill your opponent's graveyard so much naturally with all of your like Thieves, Guild, and Forces and whatnot. It just cycles. So if you keep like a One Lander, it allows you to just like draw out of it. It does allow you to hit like an Uro or a Croxa, some of the important graveyard cards is just like a silver bullet to slow them down. And also it's a nice hedge card to just have against burn. It's not the sweetest to obviously just like spend one be down a card to gain three life. But the fact that, you know, you're basically just countering lightning, you're you're counting, you're counting like countering lightning strike. And there are some inevitability situations where you can sculpt a game state um, and you can play it. If you play it more than once from your graveyard and you gain six life, for instance, as long as you have created a clock or you're blocking well enough, the card can do something. The other thing, I'm back to playing two copies of Witch's Vengeance in the main. The blue-green Merfolk deck's really good. Like That's the one I was playing before, but it's even better now with Collected Company. So having to, like two of those in the main deck is really, really, really good and pretty important. It's a good way to stop the elves deck, And it's also a really good way to kill the goblins deck. If they get going too fast. Uh,
0: so, so I have one question. Uh, so, so how do you feel about it now being like one of the best decks in standard even?
1: I mean, rogues. So like it's reminiscent a little to like what fairies was doing back in the day. It's not as good. Cause you don't have like a spell slutter spray. You don't have like a bitter blossom, but it does have similar kind of feelings, like sort of vibes there. Um, I think it's totally powerful for standard, and I think a lot of the stuff that you can do in historic with it. Big card that you don't have is you don't have Unas it Blackguard in standard, but Blackguard's a little slow and a little weak in the deck. In in, in some situations, you you really have to get. The inevitability engine going. Um, obviously, me playing Fairy Miscreant, they just play the one drop you can sacrifice to draw a card. That's the difference there. They play more copies of the three drop guy. Um, they can play Rankle just like I can, and even the counter spells and Drown the Lock and stuff are just as good. So the deck's almost the same. It's just Unas Blackguard is the one difference, and and I do think Blackguard adds like a really nice element because the way Curious Obsession works with Fairy Vandal, you can play an end of turn Fairy Vandal, or yeah, end of turn Fairy Vandal, right. Let's say your opponent tapped out. Then you play your land, Curious Obsession, on your Fairy Vandal. Right now you now you attack. The thing deals damage, draws you a card, puts a counter on it. It's now a three-four, which means you now have open your counterspell. And at that point, all you have to do is play an Una's Blackguard the next turn with the counterspell up, and you have like this giant beast. This three four that's going to become a four five that every time it hits you draw they discard and you've got a two mana counter spell that's like a really really hard thing for a lot of decks to answer when you're on the play and blackguard is the reason that that happens plus then any you know flash rogues you get and just become bigger so the fact that it 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 responds to any creature you have that has a counter on it it doesn't need to get a counter after the blackguard's in play. As long as it has a counter, they discard. That's what's going on. So that that's like sort of the big difference, I think, between standard and historic. In that sense, is it's that one single card. Um, but yeah, that's the main. Thing uh, I've two
0: two two more things. One is more of a comment that I just agree with, so I want to read it out loud. It's from the YouTube side, and then the other one is the last question we're gonna answer, and then we're gonna do a wrap up. Uh, from Nolan Beck, I bet you could print him to Torok into standard, and it wouldn't see play if you unbanned everything on the ban list right now. Busted Year of Magic. Uh... I mm. probably don't know how to like pin really good and it's good against land strategies so that that helps here I do think I would love to see a like a like sometime in like November maybe when commander legends comes out so everyone in paper magic is focused on that set uh him like a a uh uh, no ban list standard just like take every card off the ban list and standard and let people go go crazy on, on arena I think that would be really fun one of the things arena can do is cute stuff like that same as like they've done the singleton event and stuff like that so that would be really really sweet uh, and I do want to see that I don't I think him to Torak is a very powerful card also like gray merchant is in this format and if you have him to Torak like end gray merchant, like you lean really into mono black. Uh I don't know. It seems really good. Uh so the last question is how important is it to pick up the commander staples that come in every pre con now? Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, Command Tower, etc. Since I've been making my first commander deck, uh since I've been making my first commander decks with cards I have from playing for years, I don't have them yet, and I'm going to be a super far behind the average commander player if I bring the deck I've made to my LGS. Um I have
1: my thoughts, um, but a couple then you things. Go first. Yeah. Yep. This is uh, streaming right now on Alex's Twitch. That's We kind of use it almost as like the de facto MMCast Twitch. We stream everything on his channel. I am on Twitch, so guys, twitch.tv slash Ben Bateman streaming. I've been doing a little less of it this last month, but I'm in Seattle. I will be streaming the Rogues Deck this week, trying to make Mythics. So go ahead and please follow me at twitch.tv slash Ben Bateman streaming. And it would mean a lot to me. As I mentioned earlier in the stream, I'm interviewing Jimmy Wong. It, drip, it drops this Friday. It's a great interview. It's super fun. A lot of you guys know Jimmy. or fans of his stuff. So if you guys do want to hear that interview, go to YouTube.com slash It's my passion project I've been working on. I do a lot of cool interviews on there, music content. If you haven't checked it out already, YouTube.com slash It would mean a lot to me. So those are my quick plugs. Um, let's answer the question. So... How do you feel about picking up those those staples, those commander staples? They most of the ones they mentioned do feel kind of like ubiquitous. Like you almost just need them in all your commander decks. Um, this you know, the obviously the signet, um, soul ring is a staple card. It's just really, really good. Like it's hard to play most commander decks. I feel like without those cards in them, you're kind of at a huge disadvantage.
0: No? Uh I I, I finish finish your thought because I I I have thoughts, but I, I wanna I want you you're relatively new to the format, right? You've 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 only really been playing for three months, so I'd love to hear. And you play—you've played a weird extremes. You've played almost mostly CDH while touching mid-level casual. And now you've played even buy box or, or box brawl. So it's, it's interesting to hear your thoughts on 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 it.
1: I like so in building a new deck like every week, right? So now I've built CDH Nigila, my own twist on it. I've built CDH Sig. I've built CDH one other one, I think. I've built, you know, Joyer of the G2, um, and one other, I think. I think I've built four, four, maybe five decks now, actually, um, plus actually the one we just built, you know. So what I've noticed is that when you go through, there are certain things in certain colors. And like, so for instance, one of the questions, you know, about the commander pre-con staples, right? Fierce Guardianship is a great example. Any of those free spells that came in in those pre-cons. In my opinion, <laughs> I will play those free spells 100% of the time in every single commander deck that plays those colors because they're free. Because why wouldn't you? Because they're all pretty good. Even the green ones, pretty good. Um, so I think probably the answer to the question is it's incredibly important. If you if you are unwilling to play with proxied cards and you are planning on playing with the real cards, I think you gotta look at those powerful cards that get printed into these sets. And I think you gotta make sure you have them because they're just they're like no-brainers. Now, if it's a specific archetype card you think is cool, different story. But like Arcane Signet, your deck's not gonna be like that much worse if you don't play it. Soul Ring, it probably will. I just think that those cards are kind of staples, and they do feel like no-brainers to most decks. Like, I'm not going to play a red deck in EDH at this point, unless I'm playing Dockside Extortionist, probably. I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but I think expensive. I want to play that 100% of the time.
0: Yeah, So, so I guess I disagree in three ways. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, the first one though is like getting literally buying one of those commander precons. It's like $30. You can even buy some of the old ones for cheaper. The ones that just don't have like great staples. And I'll, often they'll have soul ring arcane signet and command tower in every single one. So you can just like get those if you need them pretty easily. Um, I, and and I do agree with Ben actually. I think that most of the time, and there's years that this has not been true, but most of the time the commander products are worth the buy because there's always going to be some amount of really good cards in them, and pre-order just getting the full set isn't really a bad idea. But commander is a singleton format. So if you don't have soul ring in your deck. Most of your opponents aren't going to play Soul Ring every game, so like it, it, it's not very different than just not having it. Um, you you are losing some percentage of value by not having it and doing sweet things by not having it. But um, there there's definitely an argument for you not like not having a staple in a thing. You're not that far behind because of the inconsistency of the format, um, and especially with Soul Ring, where Soul Ring is a card also that like you don't tutor for it. Rarely you're going to tutor for a soul ring. Uh, so it's not even like one of the cards that like, oh, you don't have this staple and your decks needs it to be able to function. So your deck is behind. So I, I do think you can get in commander, especially away with not having some of these staples a lot farther than you would need them um, because of the the singleton thing of the format. Now, on on command tower just they're they're not you can, i think you can buy them online for 10 cents they're like in every commander product even if you can't just buy a commander product they're in it uh that that one's a weird one that i think if you're more than two if you're more than two colors it's like just very good uh and it makes it so you can play magic better um like mana fixing is always important and it's a cheaper one than some like rare dual lands um and then i actually like arcane signet i think is overrated <laughs> uh it's i think just it's
1: like a, i mean like yeah it's right like there's there are, there are there are it feels like there's 25 cards that slot in as like a, a pretty like reasonable comp for that card like right. it's i like it's totally good it's just but like it's not fierce guardianship here you can play yeah, like any on color signet at all and it's almost as good yeah i like i any talisman i, they're almost I as have good. Ten, every two
0: color combination of decks uh i guess technically i have i like am missing a blue black one because i took pieces out of it for a cherix uh And I'm not playing a signet in 99% of them or 90% of them. I hate signets. I mean, I'm I'm
1: willing to, I'm willing to play them because it's commander, but I like, generally speaking, hate signets. I hate ramp cards. Now that is something I'm learning to come around on, but like, well, sure. That's a different conversation.
0: I I guess my point is like, they're (laughs) like, they're just
1: fine. And and in two color decks, like, I don't think it's good. in
0: three color decks and more, obviously color fixing is really good and ramp spells are good. So it's not bad, but like, I'm not playing rampant growth in most of these formats. So a signet is just the same. And unless it's like. Unless I'm in three colors or more, I don't think you need it. Uh, uh, I do want to read some of the comments based on what we were saying. Uh, going up, because there was one. Reading. Reading is fun. Uh, J. Cool Girl. Uh, 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 Charlotte, who is, uh, uh, was on our stream two weeks ago. Uh, or last week. I don't know. Time's a flat circle. Uh, this is the first year with Signets in them. So so this, this year... Uh, the um, Icoria sets, I believe, were the first one Signets and then the new one has the Signet as well. Or not Signets. Yeah. Signet. Arcane Signet is what the card is called. Cool. Yes. Um, and then right now you can pick up, uh, also from Charlotte, right now you can pick up Zendikar Commander Decks uh, for $15 to $20 and get Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, and Command Tower plus 97 other cool cards. Yeah, that's kind of my point. It's not that expensive to get the new ones, especially, uh, and you just get all of them. It's worth getting. Like, I'm not, I'm not arguing not to have Solring Ring in your deck. But I, what I will say is that if you sit down to a table and you're just like new to commanders, your first time building, and you just don't have these cards, but you want to play now and you don't have these cards in your deck, you're fine. Uh, like, the like it's it the win percentage doesn't matter in this format, and it is a uh, deck you're playing that you're not going to like most of the time. Your opponents won't draw those cards anyway, so just conceptually believe i didn't i didn't draw my soul ring that's why i didn't get it not because it's not in my deck um yeah i disagree with people that think soul ring shouldn't be in their deck you have to have like a deck that is all devotion it's all pips like there's no colorless activation for it to be bad but even then when your commander dies you can use soul ring to get it back so like right eventually soul ring should go in every deck uh like unless you're
1: like all artifact board wipes <laughs> i just think i just think like soul ring is like the kind of one of the exceptions to the rules you're talking about i think there are certain cards i think there are cards like the signet is sort of generic i think command tower good card you don't need command tower like they just don't there's so many lands you play that come in untapped like who cares soul ring unique advantage unique card there's not a lot of soul rings there's not a lot of things that that mimic soul ring dockside and red there's that, that's a very unique card like there's a handful of cards fierce guardianship where I do feel like if you have the opportunity to play them, you probably want to, but I don't think it's a hard and fast rule. I think it's like a 50-50 rule. I yeah, I
0: think Commander like is a game that staples don't matter. And yeah. in fact, in fact, I know a lot of people, the main reason they don't play with staples is because they're sick of playing with them. Like I'm yeah, like, that's like, fair. like I've cast Path enough times in Commander do I need it in every white deck. I've cast you know, supreme verdict. Like, like there's cards that like just like previous. I was like, no, you can't play this game without this in your deck. And now I'm like, if I'm gonna cut, if I'm like trying to cut cards, and I'm at ninety or you know 102, and I'm looking at like these are two cards I've cast in a thousand commander games, and these are two cards that I've never gotten to cast and would like to see how they do. I'm gonna try out the new stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that yeah, Soul Ring is should be in every deck even decks that don't need it, it's still going to be like, I would cut a basic land for it
1: and regularly accounted as a basic land. Um, And they've reprinted it like a zillion times. So you can get one for like $3 now or something like that. So Uh, yeah, yeah. anyway, but, but uh, I think that's, mostly gonna wrap up the episode unless you had like a final one you wanted to respond to um, no, no no
0: uh, uh i do want to do uh, last minute shout outs and thank yous. thank you everyone who's watched live we don't do this, do this normally live we do do live commander streams every monday so please follow uh we we stream both to twitch and and youtube um in general I, there was a question on what do we prefer i would say if we're doing it live there twitch just offers more tools and more benefits to consistent live growth so being on twitch is really helpful uh but um if you can go to the youtube channel and like and subscribe and comment on videos that have existed there in the past or check out some of our old content and obviously check out the podcast that we release every week directly there, not live streamed every friday uh definitely appreciate it so so th- and thank everyone for joining thank you so much olivia for the raid uh, make sure to follow us everywhere i'm Kess wiley at Kess wiley uh ben is at ben bateman media uh on twitch he's ben bateman streaming uh i am dressing up as a dinosaur today but i am be in a halloween costume every day this week uh you can check that out on instagram which is at kes wiley or at twitter or everywhere else i post stuff um and uh thanks everyone for hanging out and yeah once again please follow please like please subscribe um and uh oh uh last thing rogues lists forgot about it ben's rogues list will be posted to patreon tonight <laughs> for free you don't have to be a Patreon. it just will be on our patreon page now if you're there and you're like hey Maybe I do want to donate to the Patreon. We appreciate it. You get the raw feed every week, which is like 10 minutes of extra content at the very beginning that only you get on the Patreon. And, like, today we talked about our favorite dinosaur was. Last week we talked about uh, Chips, I think. Or, and the week before that we talked about – oh, no. Last week there was a whole conversation with Shivam. It was really good. So, yeah check P&D out the patron rogues stuff. list is there right now uh for free you don't have to be a patron to see the rogues list but if you're there and you want to donate we appreciate it and thank you to all our patrons in general pink it's up pinkies up to the nobles of house modern uh and thank you so much i saluted because i'm on action guys apparently <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: uh
0: and we'll be back uh 7 30 p.m pacific standard time next monday for another commander stream uh we'll see which costume i'm going to be wearing then thanks so much
1: bye bye guys This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.